Hi, this is Karen Walker. Welcome to No Dumbing Down, a podcast series for senior leaders. We're focused on creating the internal strategies to drive and support your external growth. One of the things that I've shared with my clients that I get the most feedback about as being particularly useful for them is a model about different decision-making methods. So we tend to have one or two methods that we rely on most frequently. Often that's uh, to have a little discussion and then an authority makes the decision or we go for consensus or sometimes an expert makes the decision. But there's one or often two that we fall back on. But there are others that are available to us that will help you get the most out of both your group, the information in the group, and will drive better decisions for those things that you are dealing with. I'm going to share with you today the seven different ways to make decisions, some advantages and disadvantages for each of those, and then we'll think a little bit about how to decide which ones to use. So the first of these is called decision by authority without discussion. So this is where someone simply makes the decision, often the person in power who has the authority. So the advantages and the reasons that you'd want to do this things that are really simple and administrative that are not very important or very routine, or when other people in the group lack the skills, right? Or the information is not available to make the decision any other way. The problem with this method and the disadvantage is that one person is really not a good resource for every decision, right? Either in terms of their time or in terms of their capability for making the decision. You also don't get any advantages of interacting with the group, so there's no commitment to making the decision actually be successful in terms of its development. You don't want to overuse decision by authority with that discussion. Use that for relatively minor decisions or routine. The second method is decision by an expert member. See, the advantages here are when the knowledge and the experience is so far superior from that expert that the other people in the group wouldn't have very much that they could add, or it can be used when the need for building your team and the dynamics of the team are pretty low. The disadvantages here, there's real no advantage when it's not clear who the expert is, right? So you can't have an expert make the decision if you don't actually have an expert. You also won't gain any commitment to implement it once the decision is built, and there are no great advantages in terms of team interaction. The third one is average of the member's opinion, right, as a method of decision-making. This is super useful when it's difficult to get team members together, when the decision's really urgent, so there's no time to convene a meeting, but you still want the group to have some input, and it has some application with pretty simple routine matters. The disadvantages are that there's not enough interaction among group members to get them to gain from each other's resources and from the benefits of the group discussion. And any unresolved conflict might not get dealt with and could damage future effectiveness because you're only really getting an average. You're not working through all of those conflicts. The fourth method is decision by authority after discussion. This I see a lot. The advantages here are that it really uses the resources of the group members more than any of the other things I've talked about. And it gains some of the benefits because you have a group discussion. The disadvantages, however, that it doesn't really develop commitment to implement the decision because the authority is making the decision. 
It doesn't necessarily resolve the conflicts and any controversies that the team or group members might come up with. And it tends to create situations in which the team members either compete to impress the designated leader or authority or to tell the leader what they think that he or she might want to hear. Now, the fifth way is decision by majority control. The advantage here is that it can be used when there's not sufficient time for really getting to consensus or when the decision is not so important that you really need consensus. So you don't need full commitment from the group, but you get some commitment. It also closes discussion on issues that are not highly important for the group. So you don't have to go all the way in terms of time and commitment to consensus. The disadvantage is that it could leave an alienated minority, right? Those that didn't vote with the majority or didn't decide with the majority. And that can really get in your way and sabotage future effectiveness. Relevant resources of many of the members, those in the minority, can be lost. And full commitment to implement can be absent. The sixth way is decision by minority control. So really the opposite of the last one. The advantages here are that it can be used when everyone can't meet, when the group's under such time pressure that it must delegate to a committee. And we see this all the time where subcommittees are formed. Maybe only a few members have any of the relevant resources to make the decision. Or maybe you just don't need broad member commitment in order to implement this. The disadvantage is it may not utilize resources from many of the group members. Um, it really doesn't establish any broad, widespread commitment to implementation, and you might have that unresolved conflict problem again. So you really have to think about what do you need, and is it important to have this unresolved, or is it important to have all the conflicts resolved before you go for minority control? The last one, and the one that I think people often want to do, even though it may not always be appropriate, is decision by consensus. The advantages here, as we all know about consensus, are that you get innovative, creative, high-quality decisions. You can really get commitment to implement from everyone involved because everyone's been a part of reaching the decision. It uses all the resources of all the members. It's really good for future effectiveness of the group, and it can super useful for making serious, important, high-level, complex decisions when all members are committed the disadvantages and the reason that we don't use this all the time are that it takes a great deal of time and a lot of psychological energy and a high level of communication skill. So just wanting to do consensus is not enough. You really have to have skill in group process to make that work. Your time pressure must be relatively low when you use consensus. The team has to understand the process and you certainly can't use it in an emergency situation. So to recap these seven, we start with decision by authority without discussion, decision by an expert member, the average of members' opinions, decision by authority after discussion, decision by majority control, decision by minority control, decision by consensus. So most of us fall back on one or two of these and use them most of the time. What I find to be most effective is to think ahead of time about your decisions, which of these would be most useful, and then to try them out. You might also just find yourself in a discussion, right, and say, oh, I think it might be more useful if we were to do X, or just name what's going on. Hey, here we are. We're having 
a discussion. We're trying to sort out an expert in the group to do this, but we really don't have one. So just name what's going on and then suggest a different decision-making method if that's more appropriate. What's most important for you to take away is that you have options about how you make decisions, that you can think about those ahead of time or even apply them in the moment, and that using these different methodologies will definitely increase the impact and the appropriateness of the decisions and the decision-making methods that you use. Hey, thanks for listening. You can also join the conversation using hashtag no dumbing down across social media, or I'd be grateful if you'd subscribe to no dumbing down on iTunes. And of course, please rate us while you're there. You can also head to nodumbingdown.com to hear this episode and more and to sign up for our newsletter delivered to your inbox each week. Take good care.